Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today's podcast, I just want to say thank you to ARS Pharma for their kind sponsorship of FACT's Roundtable podcast. Tackling issues of delayed administration of epinephrine autoinjectors due to fear of needles, ARS Pharma set out to solve this problem with the world's first needle-free epinephrine delivery device for use during an allergic reaction. Recently, the food allergy community anxiously awaited good news of FDA approval. But to the community's shock, the FDA denied approval. Today, co-founder, president, and CEO of ARS Pharma, Richard Lowenthal, joins us to explain what happened and where Nephi stands. Welcome, Rich, to Facts Roundtable podcast. We are absolutely honored you're joining us today to help our food allergy community understand just what took place with Nephi and what the future holds. Uh, Thank you, Caroline. Uh, We're really happy to be here and to be able to explain as much as we can for the community and make sure that everybody understands that we're uh, hopefully just delayed, but we will eventually get Nephi on the market to help a lot of our patients and caregivers. Excellent. Well, let's get started here. The recent FDA decision has left many in our community heartbroken and confused about the FDA denying the NEFI approval. But before we actually discuss that, can you explain to listeners what NEFI is and then why so many food allergy families were so disappointed that the FDA denied NEFI at this time? So NEFI is a, is a very simple nasal spray. The device we use is the same as Narcan nasal spray, which is very well proven. It's small. It's easy to fit in your pocket. And we're, we're going to provide a case so people can carry two and we'll have a keychain hook on it and you can hook it in your bag or you can put it in your pocket with your keys. And we want people to always have two with them at all times as is recommended by your doctor. In addition, the epinephrine in Nephi is in a saline solution. So it's just water. And when you spray it in your nose, the reason Nephi works is really because of an excipient called intravale. And this is a very, very gentle excipient that doesn't cause any pain or irritation, but it opens up the tight junctions in your nasal mucosa in the membrane, and it allows epinephrine to penetrate through. Without that, you get no absorption at all. But with the intravale, you get injection-like absorption, and it's very similar to injecting yourself in the leg. One spray per device, and it's very, very simple. There's no activation, no mechanisms to turn on or off. You simply place it in the nose and fire it immediately into the nose, and you get an injection-like absorption. What we obviously want to do is that people should always have Nephi with them, and they should not be afraid to use it. It does not cause any pain or irritation, and when they use it, 
they should use it at the first sign of symptoms, um, as is recommended by your doctor. And really our goal in using Nephi is that people will not be afraid to dose epinephrine. They'll stop the symptoms as they when they first occur, and nobody will ever progress to a state of anaphylaxis. And that's really our goal, is to make sure people carry Nephi with them, they can use it immediately when they get symptoms, and stop that progression immediately. And we believe that Nephi will really be a, a beneficial, especially to those patients and caregivers that either don't carry their auto-injectors, are afraid to use them, or hesitate to use them, or are unwilling to even get an auto-injector because there's many people out there that really should have epinephrine to protect them, but have never been willing to even get a prescription for epinephrine because of the fear of needles. And that's what our goal is with Nephi. You know, the fear of needles, it's true. I've even seen it in my own daughter two summers ago, absolutely hesitating. My daughter and son both had a reaction at the same time to the same food while visiting somebody, and my son was happy to go, and my daughter did not. She hesitated, and it resolved, and she got scolded by the doctor. Yes. I mean, you know, obviously we don't want especially children to hesitate. We want them to be able to treat immediately and not be afraid. And and we think Nephi will really do that because again, no no pain, very simple to use, and they can use it. And there's no needle, of course, uh, so one spray, and and we hope that that will resolve all their symptoms and they won't progress any further. And and early intervention is very very important, as you know, in this disease. We never want to allow anybody with this disease to progress, and certainly not to a state of anaphylaxis, which could have many comorbidities or risk of death. So we want everybody to be um, comfortable to dose Nephi right away. So now let's discuss what happened on September 19 when the FDA issued the complete response letter for Nephi, the epinephrine nasal spray that we're talking about, new drug application with a request for additional study. Can you explain what the FDA's actions mean? And then what does this mean to the community? That was just a big mouthful there. <laughs> okay. Just to explain very briefly, um, as many of you may know, um, we had filed the NEFI application. There are actually 14 clinical trials in our NDA. So we've done more studies with epinephrine than I think any company certainly, but maybe anybody has ever done in the history of the development of epinephrine or the use of epinephrine. And FDA, we, we've done multiple studies to challenge the absorption of NEFI under really harsh conditions. And one of the studies we did is to dose with what we call nasal allergy challenge. And that's where we literally spray antigen into your nose. You're allergic to it. You have an allergic response. Um, it's fairly severe because we're spraying antigen directly into your nose. And then we dose NEFI. Now, during that, the result of that is that you get a more rapid absorption. But then we believe the rhinorrhea, the runny nose is rhinorrhea, actually helps drain the drug out of your nose. And so for the first 20 minutes, you get a very rapid absorption and better than injection. But then after 20 minutes, it kind of went down, still within efficacious ranges, but below IM injection. So FDA, FDA raised a concern or asked the advisory committee back in May if this was a concern. The advisory committee members that spoke to this really felt that it was not a concern, that in fact, many of them said that it looked like Nephi may work even better with rhinitis, 
and not one of them, so the vote ultimately for children, use of, in children was 17 to five out of 22 members of that advisory committee. And of the five people that voted no, nobody voted no because we did not have a repeat dose rhinitis study. But what FDA was asking really was, okay, we don't know if this is an issue or not, but normally the first 10 minutes, NEFI is much higher than I am, much more rapid and higher than I am. And we know at approximately 10 minutes, if you don't get an effect, you should take a second dose. But we've never done a second dose with rhinitis. We've done second dosing, two, two doses, 10 minutes apart in normal state when you don't have rhinitis, but we've never done it with rhinitis. The committee did not feel this was a concern and was very, very vocal that they did not feel any other studies were necessary. And at least the 17 that voted in favor obviously felt we should get approval immediately. As time passed, we had some meetings with FDA. FDA was very positive. We actually had agreed labeling with FDA. And FDA asked ARS if we were willing to do that repeat dose rhinitis study as a post-marketing study. Um, and we were very cordial about it and said, yeah, we we think it would be, we agree, it's scientifically interesting to find out what happens on the second dose. Um, we're not worried about it. It's very straightforward. Um, you're either going to get at least the type of exposure you got from the first dose, which should be great, or you might get more exposure because there, actually epinephrine is a very good cure for rhinitis. Um, it reverses the symptoms of rhinitis very quickly. The second dose may actually be even better, more like normal state. What we did is we basically had a disagreement, and in writing, we had agreement to do the study post-marketing after they approved, and we thought the division was fine with this. It wasn't really until the complete response letter on the 19th that we had any idea that FDA had changed their opinion and totally reversed themselves on having that agreement to do this study after approval. Why that happened, we can't really tell you today. Uh, we may get more information when we can meet with FDA further, but it, it's probably that somebody outside the division and senior management at FDA in reviewing the final approval package felt that, that they should really require the study before approval and not post-approval. Even though we've agreed to do it post-approval, and in fact, we've we've already more or less initiated the study because it has to be done over the winter because these are people with seasonal allergies. And if you do it, if you wait till spring, they're going to have naturally occurring allergies and it would interfere with the study. So what does it mean? What this means is that we're going to have to finish that study, which we will have done in the first half of next year. And our guidance is basically that it's not the end of the first half, it will be in the middle of the first half, but I can't tell you if it's first quarter or second quarter right now. It depends on how the study goes. Um, and we'll be able to resubmit at that time. One of the downsides of this situation is that once we resubmit with the data they want, FDA has up to six months to review that. Now, they don't need to take six months. Everything else is done. I mean, one of the, one of the benefits of what they call a complete response letter is that by law, Congress has demanded that in the law, FDA disclose everything you need to do to get approval in that complete response letter. We have this study to do with repeat dose 
dosing during a rhinitis attack, which is really, as I said, this nasal allergy challenge. So it's a knack or very severe allergic reaction that by spraying antigen directly into your nose. And one other minor CMC question, which has to do with uh, just testing to make sure that there's no what they call nitrosamines, which is something that's become a concern in the community. Now we've done the testing. We have nothing in NEFI, but they wanted us to repeat the testing according to a new guidance that actually was only issued, was only published in August of 2023, this year. So of course we couldn't have done it according to that guidance because we filed our NDA a year earlier, but nonetheless, we're fine to do it. It won't take much time to repeat that work and do it according to their new guidance. But the study itself, they would have up to six months. And again, hopefully they won't take six months because once they get this data, they can review it and everything else is finished. And we may or may not need to make minor changes to the labeling, the the physician's insert, which we had agreed on already. But we believe that the work could be finished up quickly if they want to. Uh, but unfortunately, the FDA could take the full six months, and that's uh, one of the downsides. So assuming they take the full six months, it would mean pretty much a one-year delay on the approval of NEFI um, in order to do this additional study that they've requested at the very last minute. And literally, we had no idea that they were going to do this until they sent the actual letter on the 19th of September. That was a very good and meaningful explanation, and I appreciate that for us lay people. But going a little deeper, as a mom, what does this mean to me? I have two students in college who were very excited about Nephi. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, um, you know, the year delay means that we're going to miss the 2024 um, summer seasons, late spring summer season, when most people renew their prescriptions and it will delay it access to NEFI by a year. What we were planning is that if we got approval on schedule September 19th, we obviously had a, a group in our commercial group, uh, 15 virtual reps that were going to help the doctors with prior approvals to get people approval to get NEFI even sooner than full reimbursement. But getting full reimbursement takes approximately six months. And so we were hoping to go into that summer season of 2024, prior to the school season, to where everybody could be able to go to the pharmacy and get NEFI and the copay we would make sure was only $25. Um, so by delaying, one, we missed the school season because um, we wouldn't get NEFI approved until in the fall of 2024. And in addition, it would delay that whole reimbursement process because none of the reimbursement third-party payers and Medicare, Medicaid will actually uh, start that process until after approval and drug is available. Unfortunately, that's the impact on moms and dads and and really that we're going to go through another season, school season without NEFI. So given now all of this information that you shared with us has been, again, really wonderful, just getting us all up to speed. But now simply put, what are the next steps for ARS and NEFI? Yeah, so, you know, fortunately, ARS is in a very good financial position and we have really great backers. So there's a lot of very great investors and board members on our team that really believe in NEFI, believe in the value of this to the medical community, and in really transforming 
the treatment so that people have this as an option so that if they won't use or don't feel comfortable using injection, they have another option that they can use. And so once we finish this clinical trial that FDA is asking for, and we discuss everything with FDA very thoroughly, again, we will resubmit the, the, the response to FDA. And then, and then we really hope that they'll understand and approve this very, very quickly and not take too long. There is some potential that this actually still gets approved by next summer if FDA will move quickly, which they certainly can. I have 30 years experience in this industry and I worked at FDA for almost six years. So if they want to, they could certainly approve this very quickly. It could be available in the summertime, but we wouldn't be having that reimbursement I just mentioned at that point. We'd have to get prior approval from your insurance company or people would end up paying a cash price that we would keep still very reasonable and low, but nonetheless, they would not have full reimbursement. There is still a potential that this is available sooner, but again, we, we're going to be dependent on how FDA views this and whether they're willing to uh, move this along quickly in an expeditious fashion instead of just kind of sitting on it and waiting the full six months, which sometimes they do. Thank you for explaining that. So now, as you know, the food allergy community is very anxious for the needle-free option. You know, so many of us have addressed needle fear, not only in our children, but also with teachers and other caregivers and coaches and so forth, you know, who care for our families when they are not with us. So now looking at the food allergy community, what can we do as a community to advocate for our families who do need a needle-free option? I think, you know, ARS is working towards it as much as we can. Of course, you know, the Food and Drug Administration, right or wrong, decided that they did not want to take the step of approval and and wait for this study. They they originally had agreed to that, but now they wanted pre-approval. And what we do need to guard against as a community is that right now this is the only requirement FDA has in front of us that is meaningful. And if we finish the study and we're confident about the results and the results look good, they should approve NEFI. And again, as I said before, how long they take, because they will have up to six months, and whether they decide to ask for something new or more is something we can't be sure about. So what I think the community can do is make sure they are understood and heard and that other entities in the government are aware that this is a great need. This is not just a convenience item. This is a real need that children are scared. Parents are afraid to inject their children. There's a lot of avoidance of carrying the devices. There's a lot of avoidance of getting the devices in the first place, where again, we want to expand the protection that epinephrine affords to people that don't even have an auto injector because they wouldn't get one because they just can't imagine injecting themselves. So we need people to be vocal not only in their community, but with their local congressmen, their local senators, so that the government is a general government, hears the voice of this community. And it's a large community, maybe up to 40 million people in this country, and that they want this option. And hopefully that will have some influence on FDA if enough congressmen and senators are inquiring with FDA, what happened here? I'm hearing from my constituents that they want this approved and it's been delayed. Is there really a reason to delay this? We heard the advisory committee approved it. 
Why are we holding this up? And, and what we don't want is FDA to delay again. There's not much we can do to change what's happened now. We can argue with FDA and dispute it, but by the time we get through those processes, they do have a process called formal dispute resolution. But by the time we get through that, we're probably done with the study. And so we don't know that that will help get NEFI to people sooner. But what we certainly want to avoid and would ask the community to help with is to avoid another delay or another FDA reason to ask for one more thing. And that's really, I think, what we're after um, or what we believe would be very helpful to get NEFI to patients and caregivers as soon as possible. So to recap, because I want to make sure our listeners understand, probably one of the strongest things we can do as a community right now is to reach out to our, our congressmen and our legislators in Washington, I'm assuming not state, but actually go federal and let them know our concerns because we would like this approval process to be taken as a high priority and that we don't want to delay much longer. Do I yes, have that right? Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So if all goes well, and according to plan, what do you see as the timeline? Because I know a lot of our listeners are tracking Nephi and tracking what's going on. So I kind of want to give them a little feel for what the timeline will be for receiving FDA approval, again, if all things go well, and then when would actually be the projected availability to the food allergy families? Yeah. So um, as we kind of discussed earlier, the the worst case timeline, if FDA accepts the data and approves, would be that they would approve it in the fall of 2024 now. So unfortunately, it's the one-year delay I just mentioned. And then we would be able to actually get NEFI in the pharmacies and where patients and caregivers could go and get it within about eight weeks of approval. So we need eight weeks. The reason we need eight weeks, just so people understand, is that we don't actually get the final labeling. We could have agreement with FDN labeling, but they have the right to change it up to the last minute. And we don't get the final labeling until the approval letter. And then we need to go into the production plant that makes NEFI. We will have it ready to assemble the devices and label, but we can't really do that process until we have the final labeling because it's all a continuous process from the time we take the vials put them in the device, put the labeling in the box with the device and the blister, and we get it out the door. So again, that process and then doing all the final testing, making sure that the product meets all FDA-approved specifications, um, that takes up to eight weeks before it's done and shipped out and in your pharmacy. So that's about as fast as we can get it to folks. And that's what the plan is. If FDA chooses to approve even sooner and doesn't take that full six-month period. Again, we don't see the reason why they would. There's not that much work involved in finishing this application and approval. We would obviously get it even sooner and hopefully within eight weeks of whatever that final approval date is. Excellent. And I'm surprised at the eight weeks. I thought it would be longer. That's actually quite exciting that we know once we get that approval. Yeah, and it requires us to invest some money to manufacture in advance to um, some risk. For example, uh, we did that for this September 19th decision because we assumed approval. So we do have to destroy some of the material we made. It won't be good by the time we get approval in a year. 
So unfortunately, uh, that's just part of this business is we uh, want to get product to our patients and caregivers as soon as possible. And therefore, we sometimes have to take those kind of risks. Uh, in this case, it did not work out. So we're going to have to destroy a couple of our batches of product, but we will do it again and uh, and have it ready as soon as possible after we get approval. Well, it's definitely not the journey for the faint of heart, but it's an important journey. So our time is actually up today. So before we wrap up, is there anything else you would like our listeners to hear from you? No, we just, uh, ARS is trying very hard. We've we've heard for many, many years, uh, we've been talking to patients, caregivers, doctors. We have some great clinical advisors, some of the best clinicians, I think, in the country that treat allergy. Um, and and just want to make sure the listeners know that we, we do understand the community. We're here not only as a company, I mean, we, we, we are a business, but we are focused on making sure NEFI's available to help those unmet medical needs we hear from the community, the fear of needles, the concern about carriage, and also really that people, more people will be willing to get epinephrine to protect themselves and use it when they need it. And I think we're also very conscious and we'll be investing very heavily in education and working with our advocacy and working with doctors and having other educational programs to help patients and caregivers with this disease so they understand the benefit of epinephrine and the safety of epinephrine and that it is a very safe drug when used, especially in a nasal spray where there's no needle that can injure you um, or accidentally inject the caregiver. And so it's a much safer way to give epinephrine and again, painless, and we hope will be used very, very extensively to protect people and avoid this hesitation and delay in treatment that sometimes leads to tragedies. And I think that's what we've heard from the community for many, many years, and we're going to reinvest into that education and into really supporting the community so that we can improve a lot of the lives of the patients and caregivers out there. Well, thank you, Rich, so much for your time. And listeners, I just want you to know, follow FACT and stay tuned for updates on how you can engage with legislators and how you can engage with your community to help with this process. And once again, Rich, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you spending this time with us and making this information very accessible and very easy to understand. So thank you very much. No, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Before we say goodbye today, I just want to say thank you one more time to ARS Pharma for their kind sponsorship of Facts Roundtable podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another. Music